0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. A private jet carrying a pilot and a CEO went down over the Pacific Miraculously, the two washed up on the shore of a small spit of an island. The pilot sat down to sunbathe while the CEO, a take-charge kind of guy, went out to scout the island. After a brief time, the CEO came back and said to the pilot, I've got bad news. There's no food or water on this island. And the pilot said, I make $200,000 a year, and I tithe. The CEO said, Did you hear? There's no food or water, and we're hundreds of miles from any shipping lane. We're going to die. And the pilot said to him again, I make $200,000 a year, and I tithe. The CEO shouted, You think being a good churchgoer is going to bring you another miracle? you don't understand. We have no food or water, and we're surrounded by an empty and rough ocean. We're going to die. The pilot responded, no, you don't understand. I make $200,000 a year, and I tithe. My pastor will find me. Now my point of this joke is not to make fun of pastors, of which many of us in this congregation are, and in fact, if we're all ministers, which our confessions state, we're all, in a sense, pastors of our own communities. My point of this joke is one good miracle deserves another. Our reading from the Gospel of John this morning proposes two miracles accomplished by Jesus. Feeding a multitude with a small number of loaves and fishes, and his walking on water. Now, our receptivity to these stories might depend on whether we accept them as miracles. Shaped by the Enlightenment and modernity, secular modernity, our culture suspects claims of miracles. It rules out miraculous intervention by the divine that interrupt an orderly flow of nature's laws. In an age of materialism, miracle has become a discarded relic. God's past displays are relegated to be forgotten or explained away from materialist causes. Critical reading of Scripture then becomes a way of taking out a sign-giving, interventionist God from our history and instead substitute psychological or existential lessons. In that case, the meaning of the sign of the feeding of the multitude from a small number of loaves and fishes might existentially mean that Jesus initiates sharing from his limited resources, but that a more significant feeding can be accomplished by followers in the crowd being motivated to share from their own abundance based on an ethical mirroring of the initiatory acts of Jesus. Fish and loaves can be spread from a community of shared resources based on mirroring Jesus' signal act of holding a loaf of bread aloft and giving thanks to God. The sign is Eucharistic. We hold the bread aloft and give thanks to God so that we are internally moved to participate in the hospitality that shares from our own abundance. This sign demonstrates to us that the virtue of gratitude is contagious And in collectivizing, a community of gratitude brings about social hospitality. This way of reading the feeding of the multitudes as an explanatory sign rather than a miracle humanizes and normalizes Jesus, perhaps at the expense of his divinity. Jesus initiates the sharing of food and his followers complete the process. In the same way, if we read the walking on the water episode as a literary sign rather than a miracle, we might know that the metaphor of stormy water is a sign of chaos in ancient Near Eastern texts, including the Bible. The cosmic waters symbolize the continued threat the forces of chaos pose against God and creation. The sea pushes against the boundaries God established for it. In Isaiah 51, it is said that as creator, God produces and calms the waves. And in Genesis 1, God gives humanity a directive to subdue, subdue the earth, subdue nature. The Hebrew verb kabash, subdue, presupposes a stronger party As subject and a weaker party as object. And the movement internal to the Hebrew verb implies one party treading upon another, walking upon another. And reading this story uh, intertextually, this sign of walking on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is signaling his dominion even over chaos, treading on it, but exercising no violence over it. Jesus is calling us to do the same, to walk into the chaos surrounding us and tread confidently among its eddies, indeterminacies, and unknowns. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus calls Peter, who's our, who's our uh Participant as the chief disciple to walk on water with him. He invites, therefore, all of us to do the same. It is our disciples' calling to tread upon life's wild sea, and in doing that, strength and comfort are available to us through Jesus' foregoing example. Jesus is calling us to enter into chaos and subdue it by our presence, a presence that is confident courageous, and calming. Jesus walks into the demonic storm like we are to walk into systemic sin as bringers of truth and grace, hospitality, and healing. But I want to throw over the helm now to argue that miracles do exist. I've just proposed two non-miraculous ways of reading these stories, but I want to propose that miracles do indeed exist. Miracles are both real and hold profound symbolic resonance. So let's review what I mean by miracle. It is a divine intervention into the observed normal and natural operation of the world. And miracles display the urgent power and call of God. They are the active work of God. Christians are both the recipients and the agents of God's intervention and therefore of miracle. Consider faith. Faith, but the belief in and reliance on or trust in God to make a better world for humanity. By dream, vision, heartfelt overflowing spirit, inspired teaching or preaching, or by by recollecting some coincidence in which you recognize the finger of God and its elegance, by some way we recognize as supernatural, God has intervened spiritually and actively in our normal operation of daily life and has asserted God's presence and brought us to faith. Faith is therefore a miracle. The divine has intervened in our lives to make us aware recipients of God's presence and God's character. If God intervening in our lives implants faith, by virtue of that faith, we become miracle workers because faith is an active principle. When we act on our faith in not only God's presence, but in God's character as lover and insurer of justice, we trust in that character as the guarantor and highest structure of power in the universe. From the miracle of embodied and in sold faith, we then act out the miracle of faithful actions in our daily lives. We intervene in history as God's agents. By this, we work miracles. We are agents of God in our discipleship and extend the miracle of Christ by our own faithful acts. When I was chaplain at Marin General Hospital, I repeatedly visited an African-American matriarch who came from a Methodist background. Her room, when I visited, would be full of extended family of varied backgrounds. A son-in-law who was Muslim, daughters-in-law who were white and Asian, grandchildren of mixed race, As this matriarch approached death, I composed a simple interfaith ritual of memory for the family to participate in. Each member of the family would approach the patient and state a reason she was grateful for or inspired by the woman. One of the last to approach, a young granddaughter, too self conscious to speak, laid a single cut yellow crocus on her breastbone. Soon later, the woman died, and the crocus opened up. None of us saw it open up, but one one of the grandsons noticed that the flower had opened up soon after death. Now, I suppose there's a scientific explanation involving hydrostatic tension in the cut stem and it's released into the petals after a suitable time, but the family witnessed this blooming, this cut flowers blooming, as a miraculous sign of their matriarch's acceptance by the divine. And who's to say their faith is misguided? If their faith seeks out the miraculous for guidance and comfort, then the divine is in a way acting inside them. The divine hope has intervened inside the usual. As both recipients and agents of the divine, we mediate the miraculous. God trusts us. God keeps faith with us to carry out miracle work in Jesus' name. And faith may be especially a miracle for the well-off, upper-middle-class, privileged, like me, who can obtain many, if not most, of the material blessings of life without prayer, without gratitude, without a sense of its God-givenness. But in miracle, and the miracle that granted me faith, we are, and I was, surprised by the unexpected. The miracle of faith disturbed my sense of security. The miracle of baptism was experienced as a kind of psychic death. Miracles can be disconcerting. But not just any act that we accomplish is miraculous, but rather a deliberated, recollected, virtuous, grateful, patient operation of the Spirit By the fruit of the Spirit, we recognize the miracle growing inside us and the miracle dispensed into our communities by our compassionate, just, and loving presence. It is said that the universal religious principle is do not do unto others what thou hatest. And all organized religions apparently have a principle like this the christian innovation is to make this into a positive ethic do unto others what you would have them do unto you in this we work miracles by being positive in action the miracle is god's will recognized in our concrete acts not just in the absence of hostility the positive claim makes our calling for miraculous faith to empathize with the condition of our neighbor and anticipate their needs before they even articulate them, even if they can articulate them. Through our training in Christ's experience in the Gospels and recollecting in faith our own experiences of suffering, we can recognize the gamut of human need The Gospels, in our experience, therefore become a calling, the calling, for anticipating and acting charitably, which are our miracles in society and in community. Mediating the miracle of faith includes our ability to dream, to recognize elegance, and to move to make those dreams and elegances, a reality of the kingdom of God. It is our Jesus-inspired consciousness that spurs us to take risk for the miraculous. A young man was invited to a family dinner at an elderly woman's home. He excused himself to use the bathroom and then noted there that the bath did not have a handrail to grasp for exit, and a case of slippage. He took this observation to the elderly woman's son, and they agreed it would be good for such handrail bars to be installed. Because the young man anticipated the elderly woman's need, the placement of those handrails became a kind of miracle. They were a positive demonstration of compassion intervening into a family system previously ignorant. And if those handrails prevent later slippage to save the elderly woman's life, the miracle is compounded. This is doing miracles for others, which you would have them do for you. Now, I accept these are mundane miracles, but consider the Americans with Disabilities Act There was a time its accommodations were miracles to the disabled. Now it is the minimum legal requirement, but its spirit can be replicated for hospitality help to all who need to feel it. Miracle is the primary implement of Christians' refusal to accept the world as it is. Miracle engages us to think against the grain of received opinion a space to question and challenge, a time to imagine the world from different standpoints and perspectives, to reflect upon ourselves in relation to others, and in so doing, to understand what it means to assume responsibility for building community. Miracles do not absolve us from acting responsibly, but rather miracles shows us How to live creatively and imaginatively. They're not a get out of jail free card from God. They are an indicator, a sign from heaven that spurs us to imagine and practice a more fulfilling, whole, and peaceful life for ourselves and others. I believe it's an urgent moment for developing a language and witness of miracle and possibility that can awaken our souls. In an age of social isolation, information overflow, a materialist culture of immediacy, consumer glut, and spectacularized violence engaging the miracle in biblical texts coupled with thinking analytically remain necessary for bringing about human justice through compassionate, informed, and engaged witness in action. Christians by our receptivity, witness, and agency to the miraculous can struggle against the current disimagination, brutality, propaganda, and mendacity. Contemplating and interpreting miracle confuse our human capacities to dream, analyze, and collectivize Inside, inside neighborhoods of compassion. Thinking and acting miraculously means not only learning how to engage the world, but also refusing to succumb to the unthinkable. As alarming as the political and environmental portents may be, we cannot look away and allow the terrors of the unforeseen to be given free reign. Now is not the time to turn away from actively practicing miracles that create communities of care. The stakes are perilously high, but we cannot allow the power of our dreams, inspired by the miracle around us, to turn into nightmares. Today's environmental and political crises must be encountered, must be countered, by our embrace of historical memory of miracle. Our miracle working rejects the normalization of unjust principles and opens a space for imagining that alternative worlds can be brought into being. The space is opened by our faithful working of miracle create a bulwark against cynicism and fosters a notion of hope that can be translated into forms of collective, political, and social resistance. Jesus' inspired resistance to injustice and degradation of any kind is a miracle. With the wind of cosmic consciousness at your back, Go into the world to make miracles. Wherever God has planted you, upset the regular order of human things like Jesus did with the miracle of faithfulness that loves and heals. Practice sharing bread and fish. Create communities that refuse hoarding and instead ground themselves in gratitude and hospitality. Practice Recollection that allows us to anticipate the needs of others based on reflecting on our own. Step with Jesus deep into chaos and calm it through the miracles of presence, engagement, and faithful action. Miracles are not magic, they take nose to the grindstone work and commitment. They take discipline. They, miracles, insert God's will into a world that does not know it. Working miracles is our calling and our destiny. And may it be so for you and me. Amen.